Welcome to our Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they've faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they for girls of my age. Today my guest is Baroness Tani Gray-Thompson DBE, who was one of Britain's greatest Paralympic athletes. Tani amassed a remarkable medal haul over 16 years and five Paralympic Games of 11 gold, four silver and a bronze medal. In 2005, she became Dame Tani Gray-Thompson for her services to sport. In March 2010, Tan was created a life peer and was conferred as Baroness Gray-Thompson of Eagles Cliff in the county of Durham. Thanks for joining me today, Tani. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to the role you have today? Yeah, so um, I was born with a condition called spina bifida, uh, which meant that I couldn't walk very well when I was very young. But about the age of five or six, um, I became paralysed, so I became a wheelchair user. Um, and uh, in, in my life sort of leading up to becoming an athlete, you know, the early years was about being fit and strong and being able to push my chair and move around and be independent. Yeah. And then I started playing lots of different sports. I uh, wasn't terribly good at many of them. Um then started becoming better at wheelchair racing. Then I got quite good at wheelchair racing. Um, and I I also did a degree uh, at, at Loughborough, did a politics degree. Very grandly said to one of my lecturers, I'm never going into politics because that's for losers. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, my career from beginning to end in sport was 25 years. Uh, and, and as I was going through my career, you know, I traveled a lot around the world, saw how disabled people were treated in other jurisdictions, how women were treated and became really interested in in change and how you could make it better. So um, when I retired from sport, I had the chance to come into the House of Lords and and work in politics. And uh, it was one of those things that uh, it had been, you know, stupid to say no, really, because trying to affect change and make it better for other people is something that's really important to me. Yeah, I guess politics doesn't seem so stupid now. No, uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of sort of slightly funny that um, I remember a couple of uh, friends in my course uh, when they found out were like, really? You know, like, yeah, I know, I know what I said. But, um, you know, the, the chance to, you know, look at legislation, pull it apart, try and make it better. Um, you know, uh, the stuff that we do in this building, so in my office in, in Parliament at the moment, you know, the stuff we do here affects everything from before you're born to after you're dead. So you know, how how young people engage in politics, how they think about it, you know, voting, you know, not being afraid to have an opinion um, is all really important stuff. Yeah. Well, when you were at school, did you know what you wanted to do or be or did that happen more later in life? Uh, So when I was at school, I wanted to be a lawyer, actually. And then um, I kind of got quite good at sports and um, I, I went to Loughborough where they didn't do a law degree, which I, I would have done. Um, so I did politics. I thought it was quite close. My plan was um, at some point after I graduated to do law conversion. Yeah. Uh, and then when I retired from sport, my plan was to do law conversion. And then I never quite did it. And now I'm kind of part of a group of people who make laws. So I, I think I've sort of ended up roughly where um, different job title, but I've probably land, landed sort of where you know, in a, a space that I kind of hope to work in. So, um, you know, it, it changes as you go. And I think, you know, you said at the beginning about giving advice. I think 
find something that you love doing is really important. I love doing sport and I love working in politics because actually, you know, if you're going to dedicate your life to it, you 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 have to love it because sometimes you don't like it. Mm. Uh, and, and that's a challenge. And talking of politics, can you hear the bells? No, I can't. Oh, Are they ringing? So bells have just rung in the background. I'm afraid I can't show you the, the computer screen, but um, it means that we've got a vote. Oh. Uh, and uh, we we now have an app that we vote on because um, of, <laughs> of COVID. It's all very technical. So apologies. I, I'm just going to vote while I'm, I'm talking to you, no uh, which I know what I'm doing. So I know how I'm voting because I've listened to the debate, which is all good. This yeah. is politics in action. Mm. Uh, which is amazing. It's a shame you can't hear the, the, the bells ringing because it's all, it's all very exciting when they do. <laughs> well, you mentioned before that you went to Loughborough University. Mm. But how important do you think it actually is to go to university? Um, I think it's important to get an education. Mm. Uh, and that can be formal. Um, I think that can be, you know, GCSEs, A-levels, university. It can be an apprenticeship. But when I say about education, it's like I think it's important to kind of learn about what's going on in the world. Um, and that can be reading newspapers, reading online, finding out what's going on in your local community. So um, my dad always used to say to me that education gives you choices. And that is really true. Learning about what's going on in the world uh, or going on around you helps you put stuff into perspective. And you know, I was lucky. I, I went to a school where. They talked about different jobs and different roles. And have you thought about a career in engineering or have you thought about a career in maths or a career as a career as a dietitian? And, and we had all these things that were presented to us. So it kind of opened my world to yeah. the things that, that I can do or could do. So, um, yeah, education is is really, really important. And um, Michael Jordan, really, really famous basketball player, said, you know, you, you should read your newspaper every day uh, and and. I, I think that's that's still really good advice. Yeah. So I have to ask, what does it feel like to be a part of the Paralympics and what does it feel like when you're competing? Um, that's a good question. I mean, it's just hard. I mean, when you compete, I mean, training actually is really quite boring because it's quite repetitive and we train twice a day, six days a week, 50 weeks a year. And... Um, you know, as a spectator that goes to watch an Olympics or Paralympics, you go, oh, this is amazing, this is very exciting. It's actually quite nerve-wracking, you know, as an athlete, because you spent a lot of time training, and you've had sort of various family members and coaches and supporters who've been through it. Um, and and so, you know, it, you're kind of thinking about, you know, the outcome and the tactics, and, you know, you, you, you kind of get to the end of the race, and if you've done what you hoped you were going to do, it's a bit of a relief, really. Um so, you know, when I was competing over, say, 800 metres, you know, my average heart rate's 197, you know, so it's quite quite fast. So um, you're not always thinking about too much apart from, you know, the, the, the competition, what, what you're trying to do in that moment in time. Um, so what I would say is that you know, it, it's sometimes quite hard to enjoy the moment because also because I competed over several different distances, you know, it's day in, day out. So you do one race, you go home, you eat, you sleep, you do the next one. So um Probably my, my advice on that was I probably should have stopped a little bit more and enjoyed the moment because yeah. once one major games was over and you have a major games every year, you, you're kind of looking to the next thing to do. So, you know, in, in, enjoy the moments of celebration. But what we, we always did in our training group, however you performed in a race, 
um, we, we would sit down and evaluate it. And even if you won a gold medal and you went really fast, it'd be okay. What could I do differently next time? And that evaluation, whatever you do, is 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 really important to becoming good because in sport you've got this limited time to achieve, yeah. and and it's really important to to make the most of that time that you have. Of course. So as part of our Reach Next Generation Summit, we look at diversity and opportunity for young girls from the black and minority communities. But do you think we're seeing a more inclusive society since the Black Lives Matter conversations, especially maybe in sports? Um, not as much as I would have hoped, I think. And I think that's true for, um, you know, disability as, as well. Um, and, you know, it's... It's it's a really important conversation to have. You know, the, the Black Lives Matter was a moment in time and it makes us all think differently about what we do and, and, and how we do it. Um, but uh, has it changed participation in sport a little bit? You know, has, has it made us uh, a genuinely inclusive society? No, no, it's it's moved. It definitely yeah. has, but has it moved far enough? No, it it hasn't moved yeah. far enough. So you know, if you look in sports, um, you know, opportunities um, for black and uh, ethnic minority has 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 that improved? Maybe, yeah, but not not enough. Is it's, yeah, it's, it's it's never it's 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 not enough. Yeah. Well, obviously, now being in the House of Lords, it must be quite stressful sometimes, especially with loads of debates and lots of things happening quite often. But mm. do you have any hobbies that help you to really relax outside of work? Um, I love reading. Um, oh. And um, it's important to... So, so we don't have a great work-life balance here. So we work quite odd hours, sometimes quite long hours. You know, we sometimes have weeks where we work... 75 hours in a week Monday to Friday you know so and then we have weather weeks where it's not as bad so um reading is really important to me but also being physically active is really important to me so doing exercise um and um you know doing weights going to the gym doing stretching that that's really important and spending time with my family um it is is lovely um but but it's important to try and get balanced I try really hard to sleep well and eat well, and that doesn't always work. Because <laughs> um, the thing is, if you're tired and you're a bit grumpy, and it's really nice having a bar of chocolate where you kind of know you're meant to eat a salad. So I do try to think of all those things because, you know, if if you start eating badly and sleeping badly, it then affects your ability to work. So I, I do try to kind of think every day about my work-life balance. Of course. Well, obviously, over lockdown, we've all been hit by COVID and things have just been beginning to feel normal again. But how have you had to deal with the COVID-19 issues, both personally and professionally? So personally, you know, first lockdown in some ways was and was OK for us because I normally spend four days a week away from home. I'm normally travelling a lot. So for me to have that period of time when I was home... I, I spent more time at home in 2020 than I have in probably the pre- previous 15 years put together. Mm. Um, I got more time to be physically active. We went online House of Lords very quickly. You know, so there's some things that were really, you know, very interesting in terms of how we operated. Um, I, I think, you know, really aware of, 
you know, people being socially isolated and, um, you know, for a lot of people, lockdown was really, really difficult. But, you yeah. know, I never thought we would go online with the House of Lords. I never thought we'd ever vote on an app. You know, it's because it used to be you have to be in the building. We still have to be in the building to vote. But you you have to walk previously you had to walk down a corridor to vote. So I think it's interesting how technology's changed things. We, we probably pre-COVID wouldn't have necessarily done something like this. Mm. So I, th- I think there's a balance between how we use technology and how we we still manage stuff face to face. But certainly it's I think it's pushed an evolution of technology that without COVID would have taken a lot longer. Of course. So. Throughout your career, have you had any mentors or have there been anyone that you particularly admire? Yeah, loads of people. Um, Probably too long a list of people I admire. Um, But there's always been people I've looked to to try and learn from and look at their career and see what path they took and the decisions they made. I've had loads of people who supported me through training partners and coaches. And um, yeah, and and there's people now, disability rights campaigners, who support what I do. um, And that. Nobody can do anything on their own. You know, the reality is you you need people around you to support you, to sense check you, to challenge you. Uh, And I have loads of people who who do that. And, um, you know, my family are amazing as well. You know, my sister will will kind of ring me after a speech and say, I was interesting. That wasn't so interesting. What were you on about? Brush your hair. You know, (laughs) Um, so, um, you know, feedback is and as an athlete, you learn to take feedback. Yeah. It's not always easy to take feedback, but you learn to take it because you, you know, you have to be better. So um, I, I think it's important to, to listen to feedback as a parliamentarian as well. Yeah, of course. So I know that you are the chair of the trustees at the Duke of Edinburgh Boards, but can you tell us a little bit more about the work you do there? Yeah, so... Um, for anyone who doesn't know, the Duke of Edinburgh Award was set up by the Duke of Edinburgh and uh, he he saw it as something that was really important to help young people uh, develop and transition into adulthood. So my role as chair is um, I'm in charge of the board of trustees who make you know the decisions about how the charity uh, is run. We have a senior leadership team and, and lots of other people who make it happen. So, so really, you know, it's 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 pretty responsible, um, actually, in terms of because we want to give the opportunity to more and more young people to to do the award, and you know, this, you know, um, skills and volunteering and, and physical and expedition. There's all different bits to it that that challenge young people to learn and explore and develop. So, um, I didn't actually do my DFA. Bit bad. Uh, I started, but I got devoted in sport. But my sister did it. I've got lots of friends who did it. My daughter did it, um, and uh, it, it's it's really interesting how people, you know, experience it and 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 talk about it. You know, mostly quite fondly in terms of how it's helped them as an individual. Yeah. Well, the world is changing so much and so quickly. But what do you think work for women might look like in ten years' time? Oh, um, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I still think, you know, in terms of women's rights, and the, I think there's a lot of pressure on girls that didn't exist in the same way when I was your age. Mm. You know, there was there was kind of one or two mag- magazines, and you know, I think social media and you know, photoshopping and things like that. Um, 
you know, don't get me wrong, if I'm having my picture taken of me, I'd like to look the, the best I can be. But I think um, there's a lot of pressure on girls. And there's still, sadly, there's a lot of misogyny out there. You know, there are people who think that, you know, a woman's place is in the home and they shouldn't be in important jobs. And, you know, we, we do get, you know, some women in politics get quite a hard time, you know, with, with saying, you know, you know, women shouldn't have a view on things. Yeah. Um, so I kind of hoped we'd moved on a bit further with that, really. But what I see is a group of young women coming through who, um, you know, want to be. And, and don't get me wrong. If if you want to stay at home and do that, do, yeah, do, but do whatever you want to do, mm. you know. Um, and, you know, I, I hope well, I, I see young women coming through who do have views and who do want to do different things. Um, and I hope some of the misogyny keeps disappearing. You know, that that's really important that. That, that you know women have opportunities to do whatever they want to do of course so what tips would you give girls when they start to think about their own careers and their future especially if they maybe wanted to be an athlete um, so if you want to be an athlete you've got to find a sport you love um, yes. because you're going to spend a lot of time doing it but that's true of a job but so what I'd say you know um, to people you know it's never too early to start researching and thinking about all the different things that are out there because there's a huge number of jobs and roles that, that you can do but you kind of need to know about them to to kind of think about whether you can do that I think in terms of thinking about like your GCSEs um and my dad would be so proud of me saying this but you know you pick a range of GCSEs that doesn't limit your options you know if with your A levels you know or, or college or whatever you're going to do you know you 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 can change your mind and you can do things in a different way. But just what well, I say is don't close your options down. Um, yeah. When I retired from sport, I, I'd spent quite a lot of time thinking about retirement. And I knew the things I didn't want to do, which might sound a bit odd. It might sound not very positive, but it was. Because then when I retired and I got offered the chance to do different things, I was able to say, no, that I don't want to do that. I know I don't want to do that. Um, so, yeah, just talk to people. Um Never be afraid to kind of, uh, you know, ask people about their jobs and, and, you know, talk to, you know, family members, friends and your family members about what they do and why they do it. Because you, you've got to find that, that connection. Of course. So finally, I have to ask, how did you feel when you heard that you were made a baroness? Um, that was very exciting. I mean, um, we, we have an interview process. And um, so I'm an independent. I'm not aligned to a political party. Uh, I, I got an email, actually, that just said on Friday it's going to be announced that you're in the House of Lords. So that that was quite exciting. And it's very exciting when you come here, you know, um, you know, because it's 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 a big deal. It's a responsible job. Um, and and I do mostly love it. Uh, not so much if I'm still here at three in the morning um, <laughs> and I'm a bit tired, but um it, it was a very exciting opportunity, and it's one that I I relish. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Tani. Thank you so much, and I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their own careers. Keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. More information about us is at reachnextgeneration.com and thank you to our fantastic sponsors, Levi Strauss, Haynes Watts, Ideal Standard and Sage PLC.